Welcome to the first episode of Business in the Spotlight. My name is Levinta Sher, and I'm here with Miss Kate Lake. Hi, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Um, we're here in your very beautiful establishment. Um, can you tell us a little bit about it? Well, my office and more is a place where people can work, meet people, be able to do more with their business than they thought that they might have been able to do otherwise. Right. Okay. So you started or you you at least bought this building in 2015, correct? In April 2015? I did. Uh, I, once upon a time, worked for Disney Cruise Line. Right. And one of the reasons that Disney got into the cruise business is that they had licensed their characters to a company called the Big Red Boat. What happened was is that the experience was not a Disney experience. So they were getting all sorts of complaints to Disney about the experience and they had no control. All they were doing is licensing characters. So they realized that either they were gonna own the experience or not. And what I learned from that is the same thing that I applied here. Instead of renting a place and having a business where somebody else was my landlord who could make decisions about what the experience would be like, how it would interact, or they decide they didn't want to renew my lease, it would affect so many other businesses because they have their address here Right. that I bought the building so I can, con- can control the experience and not cause disruption for my customers. Right, okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I was doing some research on you, and I, I noticed that you uh, use the term like controlling the chaos or something to that nature, like uh, you like controlling uh, the environment. But before we go any further, um, you, you mentioned that you worked for Disney. Yes. So I want to go back to your uh, to your research. I, I'm, uh, I know that you're from Delaware, correct? I am from Delaware. And you graduated from uh, Robert Morris uh, University up in uh, Pennsylvania, is that correct? Yes, that was where I got my associate's degree in secretarial administration and then a bachelor's in accounting. Okay, so you, you got your associate's in uh, secretarial uh, uh, accounting? A secretary administration is my associate's, and the bachelor was a combination, actually, of accounting and information systems. At that time, it was the way into computers. Right, and uh, you, you also said that um, that uh, the reason you gave that up, because uh, I believe you had a pro- programming uh, position? I started out in uh, programming computers back in the day, and this was before you had laptops on your desk. Right. So like, what made you give that up, just out of curiosity? I couldn't be the best of the best, I mm. found. I uh, enjoyed it, but what I did well was working with users and interpreting what they wanted as needs into computer programs. But there were there are just so many people who are so much smarter in the computer technology. And at that time, I thought that the technology was changing quickly because once a year, there was a new yep. program. Mm-hmm. Jeepers, it is once a day now. Right, yeah. <laughs> I was right. I was not built to do that. I just... Um, I'd much rather work with people and help solve their problems. Okay, so so you're, you're much more of a people person. I got that. So what led you into, I guess, accounting? You know, it's so funny. I uh, loved doing a bookkeeping program that I did in high school, and that led me to decide on that as a, as a college course. It was much more in-depth than I ever anticipated. I got myself into deep water there because it's it's actually much more complicated than what it looks like. But then I didn't use it for a couple decades. Mm. I did the programming. I did sales. And um, 
and I was looking for another way. Uh, uh, let's see, wait a minute. I, I moved back into secretarial administration after sales because that's when I went into Disney. Mm. And then I did contract administration. But when I was at the company doing contract administration, I was saying, hey, folks, your accounting system's not going to keep up with everything that we are going to be doing here. You're going to need to beef it up. And the chief financial officer said, hey, you should run our accounting department then and get it to where it needs to be. And I was like, what's the difference between a debit and a credit again? <laughs> it's been so long. Right. But when I started doing it again, I realized I loved it. And it's kind of something that you referred to. What accounting does, what bookkeeping does, is it brings order to chaos. Order to chaos. That's, that's the quote. Yes, ma'am. There it is. And systems inside of a business help bring order to chaos. And what our customers are looking for, I don't care what business you're in, your customers are looking for you to simplify things, to solve their problem without them having to go through lots of hoops. Absolutely. So I enjoy finding ways of doing just that. Right. Okay, so it's interesting that you mentioned that. Okay, so you moved to Florida in the early 90s, right? I did because I wanted to work for Disney. So I sold everything. I went from a a six-figure income, and I said, okay, I'll work for uh, minimum wage and start all over again if that's what it takes. Chasing, chasing the dream. So h- how, how long did it take you to get a job at Disney? Um, that was a, an amazing God moment for me. Right. I, um, I had a delay. I was trying to get myself moved down here, and I thought I had everything lined up, had somebody to buy my house, got a place to live down here, and in one week, the buyer of the house lost the mortgage. They couldn't get it. And then down here, the bank didn't want to loan me money because I didn't have a job yet. Wow. And everything just went on hold. And I had a, a, a tough four months. But finally, all of a sudden, it, everything started working again. The exact same buyers, four months later, came back, bought the house with a guaranteed already mortgage in hand. The bank agreed to a negotiation. I said, look, I'll have cash. When I sell the house, you hold it in a CD. As soon as I get a job, then I want the CD back. They said, yep, we can do that. I'm like, okay. So my parents helped move me down with my dog to Florida, get me set up, and it was at Christmas time. They left at the New Year's. I went over to Disney, and they had just lifted a year and a half hiring freeze. Wow. So if I had gotten down here four months earlier, I wouldn't have had a support system. I wouldn't have had a job. I couldn't have gotten to where I wanted to go, and I would have gone down another path because I would have had to have some sort of income. Income, absolutely, yeah. Instead, I struggled where my family was and where I had friends and, and a base to work from. Wow, amazing. It was, it so, was amazing. So you started as a secretary at Disney, right? I did. I did at the lowest levels. And you worked your way all the way up to the... I got to be an executive assistant pretty quickly, which was not something that the other secretaries appreciated, right. jumping over them. But what they didn't understand is that uh, the Disney hired their new president for Disney Cruise Line to do the startup of a billion-dollar business from outside of the organization. Mm. And so he was coming in looking for somebody who could then navigate the Disney waters for him. What he liked about my background is that I was also uh, experienced in business. I had seen a lot already, and I had sales. And I could work as an executive for him 
within the administrative ranks. Gotcha. Then, okay, that, that makes sense. And so, again, so you got there pretty quickly. What made you leave that position? I met a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that how, it, that's, how, that's always how the story ends. Like, you, you meet a person and they, you know. Yeah, well, it changed everything, and I decided to move. And, right. Um, and then it turned out he was a toad, so okay. I threw him back in. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that, that's that's very unfortunate to hear. But I mean, uh, it looks like you made the right decision. Uh, okay, so moving forward just a tad bit. Okay, I, I understand that you moved to Lakeland in, at about in the year about two thousand. Is that correct? Yes, my um, I was trying to figure out how to work with family needs as well as my own. And my father had uh, been very ill with Parkinson's for a while, so he needed to be in an assisted living. That meant my mom was on her own in Orlando, and I was on my own in uh, the St. Pete area. So we decided to meet in the middle, and we found a lovely home here in Lakeland, which was marvelous. So she and I shared a house for the last nine years of her life. Beautiful. And I I also understand that you weren't even able to find work in Lakeland for quite some time, correct? I never was able to find a local job. I commuted to Tampa, and then for 10 years I drove to Avon Park, Florida, and then the next job was to a little bit closer. It was frostproof Florida, which isn't (laughs) that much closer. And uh, I was like, well, if I'm going to be in the city, that that last company was bought by a publicly traded company. And you did, sorry to cut you off, but you did say that you did not want to work for any more public traded companies, correct? I would never want to do that. The uh, The accounting is complicated. It's not what I do, and it's very regiment, and I'm better at finding ways of navigating through right and right on the line without having to cross it. Because some small businesses, it's hard. It's hard to find ways of solving problems, and you have to get very creative. Once you have a license, like a CPA license, and you're doing all that, you you have less tools at your disposal because there's so much more riding on it. I'm able to walk right up to the, the, the line, not cross it. Right but still navigate that so that creative solutions can be found. Beautiful. Okay, so you said it's it's harder to work for uh, smaller businesses. Do you, like, have a fond memory of, like, your worst memory or your worst day on the job that made you, you know, like, think, okay, I'm never wanting to do this again? Or? <laughs> well, when when you're a small business owner, those days are not – you're going to get a bunch of those. Right. I was very panicked when I was in my second year because I had one customer that had filled five offices, and that customer decided to, they were based out of Phoenix, and they decided they were going to close this business. And all of a sudden, all those contracts were voided. And I had five offices. I just I was just getting situated where I I really need all the offices to be filled because that's how the mortgage gets paid. Right. Well, not only that, but then I had somebody else who was moving, and he left, and then somebody else was having cash flow issues, and he left. So I had seven out of 17 offices open up all at the same time. And I was panic-stricken because being an accountant, I could see I was not going to have enough money to get through the year, and I didn't have enough momentum yet to be able to get those offices filled. So I thought for sure that I was gonna collapse through that. 
I went through a six-week depression. Mm. And I'm a very upbeat, positive kind of person. I can tell. And that took me off guard because even my faith in God got challenged there because I couldn't see anything. I was so deep in the pit. Mm. And this is a common problem for small business owners. Depression is one of the, the greatest challenges and uh, the suicide rates for business owners are pretty high, mm. which is striking. It was something that I learned in the process. Mm. And it depends on, I was all about outcome mm -hmm. and my whole identity, the idea that this might fail was enough to rock my world because I was like, well then who am I and what am I doing? And it was through that process that I had to learn that my job is obedience and it's God's job for outcome. Mm. And I, that's what I try to keep focusing on. I do the very best I can. I make mistakes all the time. And he's very gracious. He fills in a lot of those Absolutely. mistakes on my behalf. And then I just have to ask for grace and forgiveness from the <laughs> others where I mess up. But that's not where my identity is anymore. And I was very fortunate. Things came together. I have a sales coach, and when I explained to him what was going on, he was like, okay, what are you going to do about it? What am I going to do about it? And, and he's like, Kate, you're going to have to do what you don't want to do. And that is, you're just going to have to make cold calls. You're going to have to sit on the phone and just call people. And I, he says, I've taught you how to do it. I'm going to talk you through this. You're just going to have to do it. So that... Uh, next week, I made a hundred cold calls, mm -hmm. and it's terrible because right. you're hanging up, and yeah. uh, people are hanging up on you. Who, who among us want to receive those calls, no, right? Yeah, exactly, right. And and so we're used to just hanging up the phone, but every once in a while, I got somebody who was interested and gave me information, and it was so funny. I would start the day, and I'm like, I gotta make, I'm, I'm gonna make twenty, I'm gonna make thirty calls today. At the end of the day, I felt like I'd been to the gym. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I did it. I can do this. This is great. And the next day, it's like, I got to make Down the calls. Again. Right. It is just a discipline. And so my 173rd call, the following week, I made 75 calls. So my 173rd call, I left a message for somebody. He called me back 4.30 on a Friday afternoon. And he said, how did you get my number? I said, well... I'm thinking, what do I say? And he's an attorney. <laughs> I was like, oh my. I said, well, I got it off the bar website. He said, oh, well, I thought somebody told you that I need an office. <laughs> Two weeks later, he came. Beautiful. And he, was, he filled one of those empty offices. And I was like, see, that's what Joe said. Mm -hmm. You just have to put the work in. And here was somebody that was looking for a solution. Mm -hmm. And he just didn't know I existed. And right. that's what that hard work is all about, is letting people know you exist. Absolutely. And uh, you, you've, are you one of those people that feel like you have to be uncomfortable to grow? Like you have to be putting it. I and, don't like being uncomfortable. But, <laughs> but but do you feel that's how you grow, though? That is, you're right. It, unfortunately, it. well, those are the times when you grow faster. Grow faster. It's pretty hard to grow when things are comfortable. Right. Because you're not motivated mm -hmm. to change. And change is what was necessary in this place. And it was also a time of growing some self-confidence, too. Right. It's like, okay, I can bail myself out. So when I have encountered other challenges, you know, this is a 100-year-old building. We have 100-year-old pipes. We've had some weird things happen. Right. <laughs> and it's, 
and I, it, it feels like panic when stuff goes wrong because I can't fix it myself. I can't control it. Right. And then I just have to step back and say, just work it. Right. You just got to work it. And that's what we all do as business owners. We just work, figure out a plan and then work the plan. And it may not go exactly the way you think, but you just have to kind of walk it. Gotcha. Okay. So speaking of business owners, what was the moment, what sparked, let me create this or let me buy this building and uh, start my own business? When the, I'm a long-term employee kind of person. Right. And I had worked in Avon Park 10 years. They ran out of money. So that business closed. And I got that next job in Frostproof. Well, within the first year, I'm just starting to get settled in. And then they're bought by this publicly traded company. And I'm like, well, my job's going to be going away. So I reached out to friends and family, said, I'm on the market again. If you hear anything, let me know. I got my MBA over at Florida Southern. And my tax professor was one of the people I reached out to. And he wrote back. He said, why are you not starting your own business? And I was like, hmm, hadn't really thought about it. I mean, I played around thinking about it. It took me six months to get my brain around it because I'm like, well, what would I do? Right. And I had the misconception that you just know what kind of business you should run. Right. It doesn't work like that. You have to find your way. For some people, it's a franchise. For some people, it's going to be doing taking a hobby and turning it into a, a business. For others, it's I'm going to work for somebody in a business, learn how it works, and then I'm going to run that business. Right. For me, I went back to an experience I had when I was in sales. I worked in a remote office. I had a territory. I was living in the Pennsylvania area, but my territory was up in New York, and I was on planes every week up and selling in the uh, New York and then coming home. I needed a place where I could do paperwork when I was in the area. And so what the business did is they... they um, bought into an executive office suite and I walked in there and to see my new office space and I looked around I'm like what do you mean you admin people get to work with all these companies not just one but you get to work with all of them and they said yeah and I'm like well then I found myself a little jealous I thought that was the coolest thing ever so when I thought about it and thought about what I love administration is my passion Mm-hmm. I love, and pa- business is my passion. I just, I love how things work, seeing how it works, and then seeing if I can make it work better. Wow. So that gave me an opportunity. I thought what I was going to do is an executive suite business, because that's what I had seen. But a dear friend of mine I hadn't connected with um, for 15 years is an architect, and I realized I needed help in how to lay out the office space. How, what am I looking for? I was just a fish out of water. So I found her on LinkedIn, and I said, Diana, um, I don't know if you'll remember me, but this, I, I would love to talk to you because I, I could use your help. Within 15 minutes, I got a message back saying, Kate, I've been looking for you. Wow. Wow. And that started a year walk together where she helped introduce me to all sorts of concepts about she helped me to see what other businesses were doing, what they choices they had made, so I could figure out what kind of choices I wanted to make here. And she is being an architect; she can see down the road, and she's very uh, experienced at that. So she introduced me to the idea of co-working, 
which means putting desks around so that people can work at a desk without paying for walls around you, right. cuts the cost tremendously. And folks like yourself, the younger folks, tend to work pretty well without walls around. Right, right. And so I, I wasn't receptive to the idea immediately, but then as I was doing more and more research, I saw what she was talking about. And I ended up taking a tour out in Phoenix, Arizona, of an executive suite business, wonderfully run business. They had grown over five years, run by two women. But I just felt suffocated. I was like, there was so much structure, and I wasn't allowed to talk to any of the customers. It just, it, it, I just was so disappointed. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in. The, this is not going to work. And on my way out of town, I stopped. Uh, I had an appointment at a co-working location. They only had 20 minutes for me to. Uh, to spare for me to be able to go around. But when I walked in, they said, you talk to anybody you want to talk to, just get to know everybody and what they're doing. And they took me and introduced me around. Well, the people there were as curious about what I was doing mm. as I was about what they were doing. Right. So here I had just flown out to Arizona, spent the day, hadn't eaten. It was hot. It was <laughs> June. I, and I was so discouraged from the morning, and all of a sudden, I'm getting jazzed mm. because there's one guy, I was, he says, well, tell me, what, how are you going to design your business? And I was like, well, I'm going to get a rectangular space, and I'm going to put conference rooms in the middle, and I'm going to put offices on one side and the co-working on the other side so the, the sound from the co-working doesn't bother the offices. Right. And the guy says, have you been to San Francisco? No, I have not. He says, here's what they've learned. They have learned that if you put offices all around the perimeter and the co-working in the middle, the energy from the co-working desk goes out into the offices and it helps to create community. Wow. And I went ding, 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 ding. This is why I didn't like the executive suite business. I want community and they're not built for community. Wow. I found through this that that was what was at my heart. I want to be able to help people, but I want people to help each other. And I want to uh, have a place that is conducive for that. Right. So I learned about how you manage sound, and you don't separate it all out. It all kind of blends together, and you let people hear each other and, and connect with each other without it letting it be distracting to them. It's a fine balance. We don't always get it right, but we try really hard. Right. So. I got on the plane back to Florida, I, so I wouldn't have a hotel expense. I took a red eye out and a red eye back, yeah. and through that, I said, okay, tore up my business plan, which is a whole lot cheaper than building a business and having to start all over again. Right. I did my business plan over uh, two more times, oh, a two, total of two times, so my third time at the business plan, it finally came together. But now I knew what I wanted to do, and, and then I was able to get other people on board that helped me to make that vision grow. Beautiful. So, so you, you buy the building, this building, in April of 2015, then it opens up in August. So can you talk about the, the renovation process? Because I'm no rocket scientist or architect or carpenter, but that's, you know, that's a pretty quick turnaround time. It was incredibly fast. I, I got, I think, three bids for the construction work. And two of the bids were, one, one bid said it was going to take three months, another one said four months, and then I found this other gentleman who said I, I can do it in less than two months. 
that matters because I had a very limited budget. Mm. And every day you are in construction, that's going to cost money. Right. I was incredibly fortunate that uh, this Forge General Contracting, Ed Forge had been doing a lot of traveling. So he had a desire to do a project back here in Lakeland so he could be home with his family. Wow. And he has amazing abilities of being able to have lots of things happening at overlapping each other, but he can then condense the timeline because he's really good at, at um, knowing what can be done when and keeping things moving. Right. And because of him, he did it, the construction in 75 days. Wow, beautiful. So you guys open up in August and now here we are. Okay, so who like I know you said like community and so I guess this is I guess this is a silly question, but I'm gonna ask you anyways. Who would you say your audience or demographic is? Who are you trying to attract? Oh, that's not a silly question at okay. all. Um, the I find that the people that identify the most with us tend to be in thirties to fifties years old. That doesn't mean I I've had eighty year old right customers and I have had 25 year old but the people that resonate the most with us are going to be more in that other range of the the 30 to to 50s people who are looking to be taken seriously in their business um, we have a lot of people who work out of their homes who have started up a business and they're trying to figure out how to get identity for their business and get the connections and they want to be taken seriously, and it's very hard to be taken seriously when your corporate address is a spare bedroom. <laughs> so that's one demographic that we work with, is, and it thrills me no end when I see somebody and they've got an idea and they're watching it grow, and, and we can help give them the tools that they need to get that identity. The legal profession is one of our big markets because they're looking for a professional place that is neutral, that they can have depositions and that they can have mediations here, and it's not on anybody's territory. Wow. Everybody's okay. on equal footing. But it's professional enough so that it, it goes well. We work hard to have it as an upbeat environment. So when you walk in, you have a couple reactions. One is, oh, good, I can focus, I can get my stuff done, and then I can go home and do what I want to do. And the other is, I want people to be proud of when they say, I'm a member here, this is where my office is, I want them to say, hey, friends and family, come take a look at this. Right. Look at where I'm at. Right. Because that gives them the confidence they need for their business. Right. Uh, beautiful. So, okay, you really love this place. I can tell. It's like <laughs> you're glowing. So how do you balance work life and, like, your personal life? Like, um, I have not been real good about that. I I am single, and this is my baby. And uh, turns out, small businesses need night feedings, almost <laughs> 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 like just like any child. But um, I am moving into a place now. I uh, seeing a guy, and congrats! <laughs> and it's amazing when there, you, you start having those relationships. They that you want to spend your time with. I, right. I've been very fortunate. I have a lot of patient friends and family, so they know that this is where I want to be. Right. So sometimes I'll, I'll step out of this and be able to focus on them, and then I come right back and I'm fully absorbed in this. I'm now trying to um, start building some boundaries, and that means I've got to keep working at having a team here who can keep the mission going 
make sure our customers are still being taken care of, but it doesn't require my personal right. presence every minute. Sure. So that's my next challenge is to, to really do that. I because I like to control the environment right. and control the chaos. I, I like having my hands on everything. Right. But I've been very fortunate. I have had tremendously good employees along the way. And um, it's a little bit hard right now. The environment is hard to get people. I'm hoping that's going to change. And, and I can find some more people that will fill that in. And, right. and I can back off a little bit and, and try some other things. Beautiful. You, you mentioned family just now. Like... Would you say like you've had a strong support base like through all of this? My um, my family, my parents have passed, so my family is uh, mostly focused on my older sister mm-hmm. and her family who live in Canada. Wow! And they have uh, all of them. My brother-in-law as well. They are all incredibly supportive of what I do and. And they give me new ideas. They see articles. They'll send things right. to me. There are times we do, uh, thank goodness for Zoom, right? Right. Uh, um, I, there are times they just sit there and listen. I tried it before COVID. Right. I would go up uh, for a week at Christmas and just spend time with them. And there's usually about a 24-hour period where they're just letting me download. Yeah. right. And, and they're happy to listen to me. Mm. And then and once I get that out of me, then I tend to listen better. I just right. have to get it out. Get it out. Right, right. <laughs> Beautiful. So, okay, you, you mentioned the toad, the guy that, that you had to throw back. If there's anything that you could tell your 20-year-old self, what would you tell yourself? Um, I think that there are two things. One is it's important to value experience. Sometimes we are so focused on getting to the next weekend that we miss the moment that we're in. Mm. And there are opportunities every single day where we can become a better person or have a new experience or try something different. But the way that all happens is that you've got to surround yourself with the right people. And I understand that better today than I ever have in my life. And I wish I had better understood that along the way and valued it as much. I've been fortunate. I have loads, I've met loads of good people along the way, but there's not enough time for everybody. So you have to choose who's going to be in your inner circle. And those are the folks that help you to level up. As long as you are hanging around people who are, you perceive are better yourself, they have other skill sets that you admire and you want to learn from, those are the best people to hang out with. Awesome. Okay, yeah, because you segued into my last question because I was going to ask you uh, what is the best advice you can give a, a young and upcoming, young and up up and coming entrepreneurial person like myself or anybody out there that's listening. But uh, I've I've seen you mention it before. You know, uh, surround yourself with uh, people that, like you said, can level you up, and you know, people that are doing like minded things, and you know, so on. So it forth. is that, and and also to inspire you to be more than one that you thought you could achieve. Right. I mean, look at yourself. You're you're growing outside of yourself and experimenting, and you've connected with other people who are uh, that you're helping to serve. Right. It's through those opportunities that you get to learn yourself. Right. Beautiful. And at the end of the day, that's that's the biggest surprise in a small business. It turns out it's not about the business. It's not about the fact that it's helping to make it so that you can live and hopefully have um, financial rewards. Right. It's about the person you become. The growth, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Thank you so much, uh, Miss Kate Lake, for this uh, interview opportunity. I appreciate it so much. This is our first episode of Business in the Spotlight. Um, Is there anything you want to tell the audience, the people listening? I am just grateful that that there are uh, ways that we can serve. And I'm, I appreciate the opportunity we have to serve people, and I encourage everybody in this day and world that we have right now, just go help somebody else. It's amazing what it does for you, your soul. Beautiful. And can you mention uh, the location of your uh, lovely establishment here? Yes, we are located in downtown Lakeland at 122 East Main Street. We're at the corner of Maine and Tennessee, right next to Munn Park. Beautiful. Thank you. Miss Kate Lake, LaVinza Share. See you guys.